SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. much and how often can I drink and still go to heaven? Is drinking alcohol a sin? That's what we're going to talk about today on Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner. You know, we're now in the brand new year. It's 2023, people. And based on a lot of people's social media posts, a lot of folk that have had a great time celebrating. And many people have celebrated with a lot of alcohol. My name again is Linda Gunner, and today we are asking and answering the question, is it a sin to drink alcohol, and how much or how often can I drink and still go to heaven? So most people tend to go to one of two extremes on this, uh, trying to answer the question with either they'll say, you know, um, if you're a Christian, you are not permitted to drink alcohol under any circumstances no matter what. And then you've got the other side, uh, the other end of the spectrum that says, uh, well, I'm a Christian, so I can do whatever I want. I can drink as much as I want, as long as I don't get drunk. Right. And so the real question is, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about this topic? Because uh, actually, to be honest with you, my personal opinion doesn't really matter. So I'm not even going to give you my personal opinion on this. And you are not going to have any idea how I feel about this at the end. Because I got a lot of people in my social media thread that do drink and a lot of people that don't drink. And I have people on both sides of this. So all I'm going to tell you is what Jesus thinks about this. The Bible actually has a lot of positive things to say about drinking. Did you guys know that? First of all, it was intended to be used for celebration. So I'll, now everybody everybody that's been rocking out for the Georgia game and the uh, New Year's Eve, y'all are up in here, right? Because Jesus drank wine with his disciples. And I can even hear DJ and Noel rocking on this. And as as everybody knows, one of his very first miracles, if it was, I think it was his first miracle, was he turned water into what? Wine. Uh, so if it is a sin to drink wine, then why did <laughs> Jesus apparently did sin? And he also caused a whole bunch of other folk to sin because he was the one passing it out, right? Second of all, it was intended by God to be used for simple enjoyment. Because do you know that the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9, 7, and 8 that we should eat our food and drink our wine with a joyful heart? Of course, if you're drinking a good bit of wine, you're going to have a joyful heart, right? Because God has already accepted your works. Number three, wine was also used for communion. Let me tell you this funny story. My friend Macarena and I, when we were on the road uh, traveling with the with, with the band, not with the band, that's another story, uh, with the choir, which, oh, wow, have you guys, do you guys have this book already, Choir of Angels? If not, you need to get this. It'll completely change your life forever. You will learn how to increase your faith and, and trip out on a couple of stories. This story might be in the book. I can't remember. But one of the places that we were at... I'm just going to tell you, it was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, they, for whatever reason, they had the choir do communion. And so Mac, <laughs> we were 
passing around the communion, and it was definitely wine. And so here we have all of these four, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds. They're handing out the wine, and uh, when we when we drank it, both she and I were both like, "Oh my gosh, that's the real stuff! It ain't like in the Baptist churches where they give us that little grape juice, right?" So it was used for communion, and so if it is a sin to drink wine. What does that mean every time we commemorate the Lord's death? Does that mean that we are potentially sinning? But there may be times when it may not be so wise to drink. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 23, and you know what? Really and truly, what matters with love him, love them is, is what the Bible says. So if you don't live your life or if you don't believe in what the Bible says, this might not matter to you, but that's what we're basing all of this on. And in 1 Corinthians 10, 23, it says, all things are permitted for me, but not all things are profitable. And so I want to mention to you a few questions that you might want to ask yourself before you drink. And the first is this, will this damage my Christian image? You know, the Bible says that we should be very careful to live properly among our unbelieving neighbors. And so one of the questions is, you might want to ask yourself, could my public drinking cause non-believers to have a wrong impression about me and my Christian faith? Because you know what? Unbelievers are always looking for an opportunity to point the finger at Christians and say, you Christians are hypocritical. There's no difference between you and us. Even though you could be drinking in moderation, it could be very well be perceived that you're actually getting drunk. I know a lot of people think I'm always drunk. (laughs) I get accused of it all the time. Um, Just with my wild personality and my a little bit over accentuating. And uh, I love to have a great time. Right. Uh, So. If, if I was sitting, even with a, a glass that was empty, people might might perceive that. But the question that I want you to ask yourself is, is having this drink worth possibly damaging my Christian image? You know, the second question you might want to ask yourself is, will my drinking encourage somebody else to sin? Um, I want to tell you this story. Well, I'm going to tell you in a minute, because I want you to know that Paul says in 1 Corinthians, I know that I have the freedom to eat meat. I can eat whatever I want. But if I'm around somebody whose conscience is convicting them of eating meat, then I'm going to relinquish my freedom to eat meat out of respect for them. So what does that look like with drinking? Say you're out with your friends and you're drinking, having a beer, having a wine or not, and you're not thinking a thing about it, right? But there's somebody else in your group who may or may not, you may or may not know that they used to struggle with this. You might not know that they used to struggle with alcoholism. You may not even know that as a result of seeing you put down one beer after another, now they're encouraged to go back to an addiction that God may have delivered them from. You know, this actually happened with a very close member of my family. Um, I have someone in my family who attended a Sunday school class that the teacher told them that it was fine if they drank, that she drank, and it just didn't, there was, really didn't matter. And this member of my family went home and started drinking because they felt like, because a leader in the church had told them that there was nothing wrong with it. Um, And to this day, that was probably 12 to 15 years ago, to this day, that individual is still struggling with an with alcoholism. So 
you need to be very, very, very careful, uh, especially if you're in any type of a leadership role. And, you know, you are in a leadership role. <laughs> you're a leader either in your family, you're a leader in the church, you're a leader in your Sunday school class, or you're a leader because on Sunday when you go out to eat, you're stressed up and people know that you're professing to be a Christian. You, know, you need to think, too, about what about a new believer who's just fresh in the faith and really doesn't know much, and they're looking up to you as their example to follow. So you always have to ask yourself, is this drink, is having this drink so important to me that I'm willing to possibly cause somebody else to stumble? Another question is, is my drinking becoming an addiction? You know, Paul said, even though I am allowed to do anything, and even though I am not going to become a slave to anything. And so in other words, saying, in other words, what he's trying to say is, even though there might not be a concrete scripture, you might not be able to point out that says, thou shalt not drink. It does say, thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not drink. He says, if, getting, if you're getting to the point where you can't go very long without having a drink every time you go out with your friends, you have to think about that. You know, do you have to have that? Do you have to have that beer? Do you have to have that glass of wine? Are you using it as an escape from the difficulties of life? You need to look to see, is, that, is this an early sign of addiction? And so you really do have to get to the point where you ask yourself the honest question, is my drinking becoming an addictive, destructive habit? Is it in my life so much that, I mean, can you pose the question and just say, there's not a way to look and see exactly thou shalt not drink. And so if there is no scripture that prohibits us from drinking and is it only from getting drunk, I just want to encourage you to ask yourself these questions about whether or not how important it is. You know, I do want to tell you this. The Bible is very clear about alcohol, drinking alcohol, and getting drunk. There's a lot of verses about this in the Bible, that it is very clear that we do not get drunk. And you need to know that. Ephesians 5.18 says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Proverbs 21 says, wine is a mocker, a strong drink. It's a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. 1 Peter 4.3 says, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness. And so now it's time, and Ecclesiastes 9.7 says, Get, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart. But you've got to remember, they even used wine for medicine. Do you remember that in the Bible? So Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5.23, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the stomach's sake and for your frequent infirmities. And do you remember the first miracle that Jesus did? We talked about that a second ago, is when he turned water into wine. That's in John 2. So Psalm 104 says, he causes the grass to grow for the cattle and vegetation for the service of man, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine that makes glad the heart of a man. So you need to know, even though you can enjoy wine, the Bible is very, very clear in the dangers that lie behind it. Proverbs 23 tells us, who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? 
Who has complaints? <laughs> Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? It's those who linger long at the wine. Those who go in search of mixed wine. Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly, and, the la- and at last it bites like a serpent and stings you like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. I mean, have you ever thought about that? Are, are, are you someone who is struggling with sorrow? Are you someone who does struggle with that you're constantly complaining? That you have wounds that you don't remember where you got them? That you're constantly in a contentious atmosphere? Think about that because Proverbs is very clear and it's full of wisdom. You know, the other part is, is that God knows the devastating effect that alcohol has on people. I keep thinking about that member of my family, especially if we do look at the, a family or a, of a parent, a parent that is addicted to alcohol. You know, we just did our night of hope through Love Him, Love Them, which is for children whose parents are incarcerated. And a lot of those kids' parents were incarcerated because of something that happened whenever that parent was under the influence of either alcohol or drugs. Have you ever considered purchasing or having alcohol in your home? Or drinking at a bar and how that could cause someone to stumble. Have you ever thought about that? Um, we have new children in our home that uh, Merlanda told me this story the other day. So when David and I got married, somebody gave us a bottle of wine. And it has, I don't, I don't know what it is, but somehow or another it has the year that we got married. And so we kept that bottle sort of as a, I don't know, a momentum or whatever, a memory of the fact that It has the year that we got married on it. Well, it's downstairs in our basement up in a cabinet. And so Merlanda told me the other day that she and uh, another child that was living at the house were looking for something in our house. And they found that bottle of wine and they lost their minds because (laughs) they were under the impression that we were hiding alcohol in the house and that uh, they didn't, they did they, that was her exact words to me. Mommy Linda, we didn't know that you and Mr. David drank. That really scared us. They were very, very frightened about it. Um, I want to tell you another story about um, uh, one time when I was teaching sixth grade girls, I was making a recipe that called for, I think it was called for sherry or called for some sort of wine. And this was not even wine. This was not even alcohol. It's sherry, cooking sherry. And I was at Publix in Lawrenceville, Georgia. I'll never forget it. And I was walking down the aisle and I had that sherry bottle in my in my grocery cart. And one of the girls from my sixth grade Sunday school class came up behind me and she was talking to me. And then she glanced into my cart and she looked back up. And you could see the joy drain out of her face, almost like I, I had personally just let her down by having this cooking sherry in my, in my cart. And I just wonder, have you, which those two instances have changed my thought process on there because, you know, I don't want to cause anybody to stumble. I don't, I don't need to put cooking sherry in my, in my um, steak or anything to, to risk somebody else actually stumbling. You've got to remember a lot of people who drink are alcoholics, but a lot of people who drink, they go to the bottle for a specific reason. 
They're there to forget about all of the problems in their lives. So they do that instead of choosing God. And, and, and you know, this is two completely different realms here. But I, I want you to, to think, if, is that you? Are you on the edge of addiction? Or do you drink specifically to forget whatever is happening? Do you drink and get drunk and then after a few hours wake up and realize, oh, my gosh, the problems are still there and it's just a cycle? <laughs> if you're a Christian, if you say that you're a true Christian, but you make that decision to continually drink, you're making a decision to continually sin. God has provided a way out for us. You need to know and you need to listen to Galatians 5.19. You need to make your own determination about whether or not you, whether or not you will enter the kingdom of God. You need to read it. Listen to it now. Galatians 5.19 says, the works of the flesh are evident. They are adultery, and we could stay on this verse for the rest of our lives talking about these things, but they are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, and listen to this, drunkenness. Drunkenness is mixed in with all of those. Reveries, I can't even say the word, and alike. Of which I've told you beforehand, just as I told you in the times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's pretty clear. But you need to understand this. If you continue to drink and get drunk, and not only on that, but if you continue to feel like that's okay, it's fine if you want to keep doing it, but you need to realize and understand you're probably not a real Christian because a be- you're not a believing believer because a real Christian would not want to do, would not want to do anything on that list because the Holy Spirit is going to convict you of a sin. So if you're professing to be a Christian, you need to remember we're not perfect and I'm not saying we are. We do fall. But when we fall, we need to go to God. We need to ask for forgiveness. We we need to make it right. And then you need to stop. (laughs) Because just saying, "Uh, I have a sinful nature. God is love. He forgives me. That's, That's really no excuse. God says that you cannot continue to live in sin. So here's some advice. Throw away that alcohol. (laughs) I can tell you this. We got rid of all of the bottles that were in our house anywhere in any way, shape, or form because I didn't want to confuse or send mixed messages to our kids. Just throw it away right now. Throw it away and and go to somebody that you can trust. Who Who do you know or who do you have in your life that can pray for you? And who is someone that can help you? Don't let this rip your family apart. Because it's, I can tell you straight up, it is not what God wants. It's not what God wants. It's what somebody wants. It's what the devil wants. And, you know, he is like a lion. He is roaring around, walking around, roaring and looking for somebody that he can destroy. But just don't let it happen. Take a stand and fight against this. Fight against it with the power of God. 
you know, the choice is really yours. Either you're going to go with the devil and believe the lies that you cannot overcome this, or you can believe God's word and you can know that you can overcome this, not through yourself, not through your own power, but through the power of God. Luke 1.37 says this, For with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing is impossible. You know, we, the question is, how much can I drink and still go to heaven? And I, I want to I just say this. I think a lot of us who are Christians or say that we're Christians or profess to be Christians are living our lives that way. And we're asking that with not only drinking, we're asking that with a lot of things. How far can I go? How much can I do? How much weight can I gain? How much weight can I gain and still not be considered a glutton? How much alcohol can I drink and still not be considered a drunk? How much? Why, we've got to realize that when we are looking for the way of how much we can do to get away with something, instead of how much can I do to please my father? How many things can I do the right way? <laughs> we really, really, as people who say we are believing believers, we need to reassess. You know, we just came into a new year. We need to look and think instead of trying to live on the line or live on the fence. To, to be very honest with you, I firmly believe that if you're living on the fence, you've already made your decision. You've, you've made your decision because we should want to stay as far away from the fence as possible. We should want to stay. And, and, and I, I don't know who I'm talking to here. I don't know if you're somebody that is has a, a glass of wine all the time. I don't know if you're somebody that uh, is in sales and you have to go out and you feel like you have to drink. Or I don't know if I'm talking to somebody who is a full-fledged alcoholic. But what I want to say is this. God can change your life. You need to remember that we were all made to crave him. So when you're craving that alcohol or when you're craving that food or when you're craving that, that drug, Whatever it is that you are seeking after to fulfill yourself, to, to, that you feel like you can't live without, that is a true sign that you're not full of Jesus. Because when we're full of Jesus, that, that space is gone because we're, met, we're craving what we were made to crave. We're craving the Holy Spirit. We're craving time that we're able to spend with him. I just read this morning in my devotion you know, we are going to be distracted every time we sit down to spend time with God. We are distracted. We are, our mind goes here, our mind goes there. But God said, you know what? I reward you when you set aside time to spend with me. So if you're going to look for that next drink or if you're going to look, if you're going to look for that next Reese cup or if you're going to look for that next uh, hit or that next meth uh, to, to smoke or whatever it is, however it's consumed, I want you to, to just stop to just stop and think for just one second, God, I need you to come and spend time with me. If you don't think he'll rescue you and you don't think he'll protect you and you don't think he'll provide you a way out, he's told us that. First Corinthians tells us there will be no temptation that you will have that I'm not going to provide you a way out. God is a God of divine appointments. He can send the right person at the right time. If you don't believe me, go listen to one of our Miracles with Mommy Linda show. Divine appointments is all about what God is about. But first, he's not going to force it on anybody. 
He is looking for a willing servant, someone who has made the decision, someone who is willing to put up his hands. I just spoke with someone this past week who is um, recently out of prison, and we were talking about uh, him surrendering his life. And I said, you know, all you've got to do is just say, I can't do it anymore. He was like, well, I can't do it anymore. I said, I understand that. I know that. You know that. But God needs to hear that. And so if you're here today and you cannot get over this deal about drinking, if you do want to know, if you're a mom that's at home that's drinking while the kids are at school to be able to deal with things, if you're a dad that is out drinking with the with the sales buddies, if you're homeless and you are sitting and drinking to, to survive the stories and the life that you're living right now, listen to me. Surrender. Surrender that issue and say, God, I don't want to do it anymore. I need you to come into my life. I need you. It is it, there is no magical prayer. There is no match, and I hate that word. But there's no no set of words that you have to do or say. It's the way your heart is, and God will reward you. So don't don't finish listening to this video and scroll by and go to something else. Let me pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just seek, I know that this is an avenue that Satan has a lot of us deceived in and a lot of us thinking it's okay. But God, you made it very clear in your word, just because it's okay doesn't mean we need to do it. And what better way, Father, to set, to be set apart, to be, it's, we all look the same today. What better way to be set apart than to take a stand in this one area? And so, Father, for anyone under the sound of my voice right now that has been totally and completely taken over by alcohol, I'm praying right now, Father, that you will break that cycle, that you will break that bondage, that you will break that stronghold that Satan has on them, and that, Father, you will allow them to realize all they need to do is to turn to you and to fill themselves up with you, to desire you, and that you will change their lives. Because nothing is impossible with you. It is in your precious son's name, the name of Jesus Christ, that we pray these things. Amen. So the answer to the question, how much (laughs) or how long can you drink and still go to heaven? I think you now know that answer, right? You now know that what you need to do is what the Holy Spirit is telling you. You need to make sure, am I a stumbling block to someone else? You need to have the conversation with yourself. Is this drink more important than what someone else may see? You know, it is our job as Christians to love him and love them. I want to encourage you to go to our website. If you got something out of this video, I want to encourage you, if you have an opportunity to be able to share or to refer other people to or to subscribe, if you happen to be watching it on YouTube, um, because then this will or to share it with someone else that you might know that might need this information. The Bible is full of answers to every question that we have in every area of our lives. And you need to know what the Bible says. Don't listen to what I say. Don't listen to what anybody else says. You find out for yourself very, very important answers to questions in the Word of God. If you don't have a Bible, we want you to reach out to us at Love Him, Love Them, and we will be sure that you get one, one that is easy to understand and easily available. But just remember, the choice is yours. You can either go with the devil and believe the lies that you can't overcome this sin, or you can believe in God's words and know 
that you can overcome this. Not in and of yourself. And if you've been in rehab or if you had this issue before, you'll know. But you overcome it, not through your own power, but through the power of God. Love Him and love them. Some of you might be able to love them today by sharing this video with someone who needs it. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soul Win, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soul Win women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soul Win, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soul Win women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.